0: Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome once again to season two. And we have another wonderful guest here with us with us today and i just want to welcome all of you to rediscovering your passion and purpose with patty and as you're learning i am your host patty stoolin and i am the chief pathfinder of pathways with patty today our remarkable guest is alicia washington she aids moms in building confidence releasing guilt and getting unstuck her motherhood journey from guilt to empowerment led her to help other moms break free She learned how to release the myths and mistakes that kept moms mentally stuck. She chronicles her journey to motherhood in the Amazon best-selling Girl, Your Brand is a Big Deal Anthology. She is on a mission to dispel debilitating mom myths and mistakes through her signature 90-day group coaching program, Bloom. Moms transforming their lives in 90 days. She is based in Indianapolis with her husband, Marquise, and two teen sons. Well, Alicia, it is a Mm -hmm. pleasure having you as my guest today. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> well, I, I'm very excited. Uh, when when we did our original uh, call together, I, I just felt an instant connection to you. And there is a spirit and joy and sunlight that exudes oh, from you. And I know that our listeners today and those of you viewing on YouTube, you, you could see it and those of you listening, I know that you can, you're going to be, if you haven't felt it yet, you are going to feel uh, the joy that exudes from Alicia. You can really truly tell that she is living her passion and purpose. So with that, I mean, please share with our audience, you know, your story and uh, how you found your way uh, through everything you've experienced.
1: Oh, wow. Well, thanks again for me and I'm going to kind of give you the nutshell version, um, of the, the, the story, story. <laughs> um, like I said, I, my whole mission now is to help other moms kind of rediscover themselves and to get unstuck. And I got here because I had to go through that journey myself. And, and I know that I'm not the only one that had to, to get, to go through that
2: uh-huh. and,
1: I kind of tell my backstory because I think understanding that, hearing that gives you an even better understanding of kind of where I am now. Oh, yes. So the backstory, um, I say I started my motherhood journey in guilt. And at 16, I found out I was pregnant mm. and and that, that uh, pregnancy was, One built in teenage love. And after, you know, my boyfriend at the time, we had talked, he was a senior, I was a sophomore. We had talked about getting married, all the things until that day that my mom found the church program that had us writing, that had our notes from church. We had been writing back and forth about our new life as parents Mm -hmm. and all these things. And my mother, I came home as I usually would do on a Sunday. And like a teenager, just dropped it on the table because my mother would usually ask me how was church, what they talk about, or she'd pick up the program and read it to see Uh how was church, what did they talk about? Uh And of course, she did just that. And then I heard my name called in the voice that I never ever wanted to hear again (laughs) Yes, and uh I came around the corner and I saw my mother holding up that program and my life changed at that point um she gave me uh I always say she gave me an ultimatum it was either her or the baby Mm. and I did not know I had never fathomed that journey without having her support it was just and even in retrospect um I think now it would have been a different story if I would have made a different choice, Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: I made the, I, I, I picked my mom. Mm -hmm. And so from that journey of um, having that experience and having that termination, I went on to college and in my senior year of college found out I was pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And that time, no one knew except for the father. And that I kind of operated in a numbness, because I pushed all the emotions and all of the, all of the things, all the emotions, all of that whole experience down and thought I had locked it away never to be touched again, because at that point I had to regain my good girl status from my mom. Ah. And at my senior year in college, I was like, it was automatic decision. And so again, I had another termination. And after that, I never thought that I would ever have kids or that I even deserve to have kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And so fast forward, I get married and and we're excited that I'm pregnant with our first child and find out around 16 weeks that I had already started to crown Wow. And from there, they did what's called an emergency cyclage. And we had. Uh, I think we had about three more weeks of being pregnant oh. and at 19 weeks uh, on Christmas Day, uh, our daughter, Victoria, entered the world. Wow. And I was able. What a Christmas present, huh? What a Christmas present. <laughs> um <laughs> she was born at 19 weeks. And so as I was thankful, even though she was still, she was still considered a miscarriage. I was thankful that I was able to birth her. And I really did
2: mm-hmm.
1: believe that that was a gift, a kiss. I call it a God kiss because I never wanted to have another DNC. And that um my husband and I had talked about this experience uh, just last week and how I hadn't remembered how adamant I was about not letting the doctors um, do another procedure, and they mm-hmm. gave me that option: we can go in now, or we can see if she'll pass naturally. And mm-hmm. and, I, and my husband was like, "Oh no, you were adamant that we were going to wait." Uh, so at 19 weeks, I actually gave birth to our daughter Victoria, and mm-hmm. we were able to hold her in our hands and mm-hmm. to say goodbye and all of the things. So in a year, two years later, I, we were blessed again to get pregnant.
0: Can That's I ask my- you a question real quick before you sure. go too far? When, when you had the opportunity to say goodbye to Victoria, do you think that you also were able to, um, to say goodbye to your other terminated present, uh, pregnancies as well? Or was that not even something that No, I said goodbye before
1: I got married, God and I had to have our own little journey with, um, with my, with, with me dealing with those terminations. And so Mm -hmm. part of that journey was asking for forgiveness. Um, and I, I, I received his forgiveness, Mm -hmm. but I did not forgive myself.
0: Right. And
1: so that was a, a big journey in, in its own little pocket. Sure. And a part of my kind of learning how to forgive myself and, and, um, and truly receiving God's forgiveness, I wrote letters to both of the babies okay. um, to apologize, to say, I was sorry to tell them that I love them. And they each had a name, like, um, uh, I, for some reason, the first baby was a girl in my mind and the second baby was a boy.
0: So it was mm-hmm. Carmen and Michael. Okay.
1: So I had named them. I had written them letter goodbye letters and had truly given that over to God. And so I still didn't think I was ever going to have kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had, I had gotten, I had dealt with that a little bit before I got married. And so I was elated and I was, I was elated and I was scared with the first pregnancy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then when, and I, like I said, I still considered it a God kiss when, that she was born, even though she wasn't full term, she was born whole. And right. so we could, and her name was Victoria.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we had named her uh, within that three weeks when we found out that she was a girl. And um, within that three weeks, we were hoping that we could keep her, mm-hmm. um, keeper to term. And so when my oldest, who's now 18, I give you a little heads up. This part was a good part. <laughs> <laughs> when we were pregnant with him, we were still scared, but uh, I, I have what's called an incompetent cervix, which I believe is a physical consequence from the terminations.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but the spiritual Forgiveness is that even though my body was still kind of like, nah, pregnancy, pregnancy is not going to be a great thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to, I had, I, I had to have all kinds of procedures. Um, I, I had I think two circlages with my first, and then I was on hospital bed rest. I always had to remind him that son, I was not just on bed rest with you. I was in the hospital for two and a half months in the bed. Not, Yes. (laughs) So when he gets a little, like, son, let me remind (laughs) you how much you have been loved. Conception. I had to lay still in a hospital bed. Oh, my God. For two and a half months. They did not want me to move because I was leaking um, fluid. Wow. Yeah, Amniotic was, fluid. Yes. I can never say that word, uh, but I was leaking and oh. I had to, I had to stay in the bed and I went in, I think at 20, I think I went into the hospital, maybe at 22 or 24, no, at 22 weeks. Mm. And they had, and I didn't realize it until after my doctor had said something crazy, but I was in the labor and delivery. I didn't even, I just thought they couldn't find me a bed. <laughs> But I had and I stayed there for almost a month on bed rest in labor and delivery. On high, oh my god high bed yeah high risk, on the high risk um ward, I guess. And it wasn't until my doctor came in at 26 weeks that so she was like, Oh, I didn't think we were gonna get here. Wait, what? You didn't what? So I they really thought I was gonna go into labor at any time. And so I stayed there until he was born. I, well, they, I think at that point, because that's um, the week of viability. So they moved me within a week or two to a bed, a, a, the regular high-risk ward. Mm-hmm. So I was there until he was born at 32 weeks. So I was wow. like, son, don't you ever think I don't love you?
0: <laughs> ever, Boy, if you got ever. something to hold over his
2: head right?
0: ever, <laughs> Like I spent my
1: birthday in the hospital in a bed oh. by myself. Like, kid, please.
0: <laughs> you don't, don't even, even know. go there, right? <laughs> he,
1: and his brother, I didn't have to do hospital bed rest with him, but I did have to do bed rest. And with him, I had a couple blood, Eh, I just had a couple blood transfusions, no big deal. (laughs) And so when they were, you know, so when they, when when my oldest was born, I went in, you know, bottles blazing. Like I was all in as a mom. I, one, it took so much to get this kid here that I couldn't even fathom like not being full-time parent to him. Like there was, so I was, I went in, bottles blazing and became a stay-at-home mom and my husband's a truck driver so he was on the road a lot so it was just me and this kid and then his brother came along three years later so it's just the three of us most of the time
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and I mean I you know and I I didn't know how to be a stay-at-home mom so Mm -hmm. I you know I only have what is available to me on what's a good mom because I'm still trying to get my girl, good girl status, keep that in check. Oh, so of course my good girl status, I have to be a good mom. I have to be, I'm a stay at home mom. So everything has to be a certain way. Um, and so trying to figure out what that way was and what uh-huh. that perfect mom looked like and um, never quite got it. And I'm kind of glad, but it's exhausting. Oh Yeah it's, it's, it's exhausting. And then, so I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, when my oldest was in first grade, we became a homeschooling family. He struggles with ADHD and it was apparent. Um, and we didn't want to do medicine at the time because he was so young. And so it, it was okay. Well, homeschool. Well, my husband thought of the idea. Maybe we should homeschool him. And I'm like, yeah because I know if we were homeschooling then that was me homeschooling <laughs> yeah. so I was like uh. <laughs> and I remember his first great teacher coming to me at the pickup line she was great with him and and I knew he was doing good in her in in her class and so she she worked with him and so but she came to me and she's like I just want to let you know I'm not coming back next term next semester and this is right before Christmas break mm. so she's like I'm not coming back I said "Well, you just help me make my decision so that's when and why we started homeschooling because I just I knew he wouldn't be able to handle that I didn't think he would be able to handle that transition he right. was already kind of struggling with her and she was great for him
2: mm-hmm. so
1: it was like okay well homeschooling we did that until I see he was fourth or fifth grade I think maybe mm-hmm yeah yeah and so as we were going through life and doing life and i was trying to figure out how to be you know a good mom and um wife and teacher and all these things it became very exhausting and somewhere along the way i completely forgot who i was
2: mm-hmm.
1: i was pouring into everything and everybody kids husband family um, community and doing all the things like church ministry, women's ministry, kids ministry, all these, you know, great things. Um, but mm-hmm. I was getting worn out and I didn't recognize how intense it was until uh, the boys were a little older. And I remember my husband would ask me questions like, cause he, he, he could see it. He could see the burnt out. He could see the kind of
0: um, especially since he his, was like on the road not with you 24 right. 7 so when he did come back it was very apparent it for was him like
1: where you know we have conversations now and he's like I, I just want to know where my wife was because you, you were just I was kind of going through the motions and I was empty I didn't have anything else to give and you know and it was and it was a little easier because the boys were older and so they didn't depend on me as much Mm -hmm. um and they had you know they have their own little love hate (laughs) yes sibling rivalry right they're best friends one day and then the other day they're at each other's throat for you know a pair of pants Mm -hmm. um I didn't know kid I didn't know boys argued over clothes (laughs) but they do they really do uh so I was I was drowning in my own um almost I almost called it like a a martyrdom like I was so busy giving up everything for everybody I completely forgot about me and Mm -hmm. he would ask me questions like uh what what what's your dream you know what's your dream what do you dream about doing what do you and I couldn't answer him or I didn't have an answer for him which would frustrate him because he's he's that guy who likes answers like you know well well, for real, you've got to have, no, I don't, I have nothing. Mm -hmm. And it would annoy me because he would just keep asking me. And I'm like, I say it, I got nothing like what? Um, And so, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what I dreamt about anymore. I didn't know
0: what, what can I, can I ask you when, when you were in college, what, what, what was it that you want wanted to do when you were in college? My college
1: dream I was a sociology major and my college dream was to have a community center. Mm-hmm. And the community center would run programs for kids and families.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and it would it it was it was amazing. So I was always <laughs> in my head it was it was top notch. So oh, yes. I was always <laughs> involved in community programming, youth development and all those things. So that was my that was my um, career, I was I, oh gosh, I did so much youth development, um, um, youth diversion programs, count not well. I and then I went back after working at a um, foster care group home. Mm-hmm. I went back to school to get my master's in counseling
2: because
1: oh, wow. I wanted to. I just wanted to be able to do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And really, um, really talk to kids and not harm them. Because a lot of times adults, adults who are working with youth development, they have a heart for what they're doing, but they don't always get the training and the skills that they need to do it in a way that, that doesn't bring any more harm. And especially when you're working with kids who you already know are in pain and who are going through a traumatic experience. And so I didn't want to bring any more harm and I wanted to know how to talk to kids in a way or well really talk to kids in a way that would pull information from them so I can mm-hmm. help them better. Because we were I was in a group home and I wanted to know how to uh I just want to know how to, to connect with the kids better. And right. so that's why right. I went back to school and then I stopped to get married and then went back. And moved so, and so it was a whole bunch of stuff.
0: So, so, so y- you, you're, you, you rediscovered your passion for wanting to be a full-time mom which i believe is the hardest job in the world i was very very fortunate and blessed to have a mom that that's what that was her goal was to be mm-hmm. a full-time wife and mother and she was uh and still is an incredible person but uh because she was so great at doing it i learned that that was not the path for me because mm. i i never felt like i would have met the level uh, that she she was at so what you were what you decided to do I believe is the hardest job in the world the toughest career out there so so you're going along now you're burnt out basically on motherhood knowing that you did have a passion for this other area that you went to school got a master's for and now you are at the point where you're trying to decide what do I do next?" next
1: yeah what's next what's and really I was trying to figure out why I'm stuck like I knew I knew I was stuck Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I but I couldn't figure out why and I had a I had a mentor earlier on I think when the boys were like right before in this early kind of gray stage where I was really starting to kind of lose myself Mm -hmm. and a and a piece of that was I had I stopped wearing jewelry um, when the boys were really little because it's just dangerous to wear jewelry with little people. Um, mm-hmm. They pull on stuff mm-hmm. and we were always at the park or playing and the balls are flying and I'm always getting hit. So I just stopped wearing jewelry.
2: Mm-hmm. But when I
1: hadn't, and, and earrings, um, I can't see them now, but they were always a big thing for me. Like you wouldn't see me without a pair of earrings. Like mm-hmm. And so all of that had changed and she had challenged me and because we were one family income I never bought anything for myself unless I absolutely had to
2: Mm -hmm. like
1: and so she challenged me she's like why don't you do something for you I that was I could not fathom that like what do I do for me what right I can't right. because I'm taking away from the, the household. I'm taking away from the family. And she was like, just go and buy you a simple pair of earrings, like a $5 pair of earrings. Go, And I I, I never did it. Wow. We would, we would talk like, she said, just get your earrings. Here. Well, no. And I always made an excuse. And looking back on that, uh, that, a pair of earrings would not have devastated our household income. We were right. not gonna lose our house, you know. The kids were. We were all gonna still eat if I bought a pair of earrings. But in my mind, doing something for me was out just out of the question. Like it was I, selfish. It was selfish, and that's one of the major myths that I really want moms to realize that self care is not selfish, mm-hmm. and that it can be something as small and it as a pair of earrings. And it doesn't have to be material things. Mm
2: -hmm. It can be
1: a part of my journey of kind of getting unstuck and getting back to me started with journaling. Like I am an intermediate, I forgot the word now, but I journal off and on. Mm -hmm. And so at this point I had to start journaling again because I didn't know, I had to get whatever this was out and I wasn't sure I'm always very protective of everybody else's feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, and this and this is a growth moment for my husband and I, because I wouldn't tell him what was going on. Mm-hmm. And even my friends, I was always the strong friend. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always the one that people come to when
2: mm-hmm. they have
1: something because I can talk with them and I'm an amazing listener. And then I can hear what their heart is saying and kind of guide them to, you know, cause usually people really have some of the answers. They're just scared to right. jump. Right. Um, and so I didn't do that with, I didn't allow other
0: people to do that for me. When, when you talked about your journaling and early on, when you had mentioned about writing the letters mm-hmm. uh, to your unborn children, was that something that someone taught you or it was just something you knew inside that you needed to do for you?
1: Two things. The journaling actually started in sixth grade because that was an assignment that my teacher gave us. Mm. Was it sixth grade? I think it was sixth grade. But I remember and it might have been even I actually have somewhere in my box of journals. I have a box of journals because I have been journaling on and off since that first assignment where we had to make our own little journal and we had to keep a journal.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I remember and she would she told us she's like, if there's anything that you, you don't want me to see, you want to keep private, just fold it over. Cause we had to turn the journals in. sure. And so there were pages that I had turned over my little notebook and turned in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if she ever like, just, I mean, it would have been easy <laughs> just to flip it over. Sure. Uh, but I just remember from that experience, I have always on and off journal I'd have. And then um, I would either make my own journal or I would get, you know, a notebook and just keep that as my journal. And then, mm-hmm. um You know, when the Dollar dollar Tree, the dollar store came available, you Mm -hmm. can get those little journals for a dollar. So I always had one. Like I I legit have a tupper, a bin of journals. So you've Um, known the benefits of journaling. For years, for years. And and there are some points in my life where I know I should have journaled, but it was too painful to journal. It was too painful to even do that. Sure. But absolutely. Cause I, I wonder, because I've I've gone through my journals um periodically to kind of find the journal from when I was 16 and the journal from um when I went to school, mm-hmm. when I went away for college. To, mm-hmm. And I don't think I, I don't think I was journaling at that time. And now I wish I was. I was like, oh man, I know there's some good stuff in there. <laughs> I should have wrote that down. And, that
0: would and be I, great material for a future book. Now,
1: right? <laughs> but I've even like, I've tried to get my boys to journal too. Mm-hmm. And, and so I introduced journaling to them at a young age as well. We made our own journals. I would make journals for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't think it, I don't think it took with the youngest because he's just a different kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but my oldest, he journals. He did it for a little while. And I think sometimes he journals. um, He journals. He's kind of like me. He journals on and off, but he's not a a big journaler, but Mm -hmm. they do know.
0: But you've planted the
1: seed. uh, I planted that seed and I still will get them um, little, like little notebooks, a little journal books that aren't necessarily journals, but it's just for them to keep keep their notes on life and stuff. And so, sure. um, so I I did really try to incorporate that early on with them as well, because it is such, it's a, it's such a gift. I mean, you, and it's, a, it's really a gift you give yourself because as you're journaling, you are learning more and more about yourself. Sure. And you go back and read that and you can read how you can pick up the patterns of what's really going on. Hmm. um you can pull out the lessons that you've learned or the lessons that you need you should have learned like mm-hmm. let's be real we sometimes we repeat the same kind of patterns in our life because we're we haven't learned the lesson yet right and we're just repeating the same stuff but we're not really changing and so it's 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 therapeutic it is um my mind or eye opening when you can write all this stuff down and then read it back and be like, oh oh that's how I'm really feeling. You know, mm-hmm. I've written and and I've done I journal different ways. Sometimes I write letters to people that mm-hmm. that I may never give to them, but I'll write it. I'll write letters to God. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Those are always interesting <laughs> when you start <laughs> questioning and asking and, and writing that.
0: Um, In a sense, that's like a prayer. It is. It is. Um, yeah, it is. So, so, so you're you're burnt out. You your 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 cup is empty. Mm-hmm. You don't know what to do. Where to go? How how do you work yourself out of that? What What was your defining moment? to rediscover your passion and purpose?
1: I had to make a decision to do that. I think that was my defining moment. Um, COVID helped because it gave me the time. Honestly, 2020 was not as bad for for us as it was for a lot um, mm-hmm. because it gave us time in our family, in the Washington household. And mm-hmm. I remember one that my goal for that year was to get unstuck. And I had been on the journey for a minute. Like I had started the journey with just doing more things for myself, just kind of, um, incorporating more self-care
2: mm-hmm.
1: and my husband was all for it. Cause like he was always trying to get me to do stuff too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I start, I had started a little jewelry business somewhere in that before in that time, like 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind cause it was something for me. Right. It was something that I could do for me and it was fun. It was something that I liked. And then I was also in that helping women to kind of feel confident and, and talking to more women. And, and it was, it was something that was mine. Right. And that, that kind of shifted a little bit, but I still, for me, I had to make the decision that I was going to get unstuck right. and I had to for me I had to say it out loud I had to say it to someone because I needed someone to hold me accountable right because I'm I'm that I'm the girl who is really good at turning stuff on other people I'm a counselor
2: <laughs>
1: yes I'm a great <laughs> listener friends know that uh-huh. so when so um, when when I would get the question, "How you doing?" Oh, I'm good. How are you?
2: Yeah, I hear. I
0: understand that. Yes. Uh-huh. You you didn't really answer your the question they were asking you. <laughs> Not at all.
1: So, how did they go with so and so?
0: Uh-huh. Oh, okay.
1: Well, you know, you you good with that? How do you feel about that? Oh. People love talking about themselves, even if they didn't mean to talk about themselves. Right. And I, and, and because I do have a general care and concern for my friends, I need to turn that back. So How you doing? What's going on with you? Yeah. Oh Well, well. And I don't know what questions to ask to keep the conversation going. And right. so I had to make it known. I had to start talking to people that I know, love, and trust and who I know love and trust me. And that was a turning point because I couldn't hide
0: anymore. You had to speak your truth. I had to speak my truth.
1: And I had and I had to stop hiding behind being able to redirect.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it and it kind of bit me bit me in the butt a little bit because I have friends now who recognize how I do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we'll be in mid conversation and we're like, this is not about me. I asked you how you're doing. Oh yeah,
2: okay. <laughs>
1: you know I had keeping a, you
2: accountable.
1: <laughs> oh. man. I had a my best friend called me a couple couple months ago because we have another friend who I've known since um kindergarten, and she's going through um cancer and she was having some uh, medical um, some medical issues and in the hot, it was just a whole, whole bunch of stuff. And so my best friend called me and she was like, so how you doing? I know this is hard seeing her go through this, you know, how you doing? Oh,
2: I'm good.
1: How you doing? And I asked her about her son. She's like, Mm-mm. I didn't call. She, she
0: knows your game. She knows. <laughs> and I
1: can usually get her real good cause she's the talker, like, believe it or not, I'm not the talker among (laughs) the crew. I'm the listener and I come in with the jokes sometimes, but so it's easy to get her talking. She's saying, no, no, you're not going to do that today. I called to check on you. My best friend is a cancer survivor. And so I've walked with her through that journey. And then knowing that my other, one of my longest friends is going through this journey. Now she called Mm -hmm. to check on me. She's like, cause I know this is not easy for you to watch us go through this.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And she was correct. And all I could do on that phone call was sob. Tears are healing.
0: Yeah. That's what I learned through grief counseling. Tears are healing.
1: Absolutely. And I needed that. And I didn't know, um, I had not given myself permission to feel any of that. Right. And I didn't want to, you know, still still working on my own stuff being protective of everybody else's feelings i didn't want to bring that up for anybody else cuz right. i i kind of felt like yeah, i i i could, I could handle this mm-hmm. you know i got it you know i'm, I'm doing what i need to do cuz they're all in virginia so i'm like and and that's always a, another part of my um angst with having them go through stuff cuz i can't physically be there and right. so, as I, I'm sobbing on the phone, she's just pouring into me. She's like, "Cause I," and she's just saying all the things that I hadn't given myself to permission to say out loud because I, sure. I didn't want to put that burden on anybody else. Right. And so, and after that, I was, and after that, and after that release, okay, I could, I could talk about it now. Mm-hmm. And so, just being able to give your give myself permission to say that I wasn't okay. That's that awful. was a big part. Yeah. And then, um, figuring out how to get back. Okay. And so I had to, you know, go into my own tool kit. Like I, I know the resources that I have, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I've done this for other people Help help them to kind of get back. And find their passion and a big part of that was doing stuff again mm-hmm. um and then COVID hit <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> I was like wait just when I'm ready to like go explore <laughs> we're all here looking at each other like
2: oh you're you telling me I have me? to be quarantined
1: with <laughs> you people so but it was uh, and I, I will say that was that was an opportunity for my family to reconnect. And my husband and I, because we had to get honest with each other about some things Mm -hmm. and we had to decide how we were going to go forth in this marriage. Is it, was it going to be kind of stuck in our same unhealthy patterns or were we going to really um, do this in a way that we can, both be honest with each other because there's some stuff that we just either didn't realize was the issue and, and we had to make that decision listen we can't do this by ourselves
2: mm-hmm.
1: we've tried We're we've been married 22 it'll be 22 years in november and so we we, we realized we couldn't do this by ourselves and so we we went to couples ministry um, couples therapy for that,
2: because
0: they so, said that during COVID, it either made a marriage or broke them up, one or the yeah. other.
1: Yeah, and we we had to make: do we really want to, you know, do we want to break this, or do we want to keep it? Mm-hmm. And if we want to keep it, we've got to do something different because right. what we've been doing is not going to sustain mm-hmm. us moving forward. Right, and because you know we were learning how to be a couple day-to-day like we were we function as a couple with him on the road that's different
2: when you're day-to-day every day
1: and the kids are there and you're trying to help them do school and 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 COVID schooling is a lot different than homeschooling Mm
2: -hmm. and that was
1: a big frustration for me like this is not homeschooling because I think some some people would say you know oh you would you school it's homeschooling no it's not it's completely different. Right. So that, that really helped, helped us because, but we still had to make that decision that what we wanted was more important to us. Than you made your marriage a priority. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that helped push us both forward into where now we have these conversations where we're not hiding anymore
2: mm-hmm. and we're
1: not trying to or well, especially myself I'm not trying to protect his feelings I'm respectful of his feelings but I can still speak my truth and not feel like I have to like protect him and not try to say anything that will um make him feel bad like but yeah. if I'm hurting then I have to be able to say I'm hurting and this is why right yeah yeah
0: and and, and, that's, and, and that's, tough versa. To, and that's tough to do because you, you don't know what you're going to expect when you ask that, but you also know you need to know the truth.
1: You need to know the truth. Yep. Yeah. Cause we absolutely like, and that was, and I think that's a big thing, um, in marriage and in parenting is we operate on this falsehood of the, especially for moms, the the perfect mom like the stay-at-home mom has to do things a certain way for her to be considered a good mom right and you know I call it the perfect mom or the super mom syndrome and I cringe when I see um you know I see stuff out there about oh you know it's the super mom I'm like superheroes have to hide their identity it's mm-hmm. a protection for them and for their family but they have to hide who they really are and even in their um what is it their uh, pseudo identity
2: mm-hmm. that the
1: world sees they are they are not who they are they right. have to be somebody else that the world to to interact with the world right right and so i don't want to be somebody
0: else You want to be the best version of you.
1: I want to be the best version of me. And and yes, I have superpowers, but that, because, you know, I think all of us have superpowers. We all have these things that are in us that help us operate in, in the world and impact the world around us. But that doesn't mean I have to hide who I am to operate in that
0: power. Right. That's quite the realization. Yeah. So... Uh, so how, how did the whole thing come about with Bloom?
1: Bloom. Well, that was my first coaching experience. And I went to a coach for help with my jewelry business and trying to get that, kick that off. And as I was talking to her about kind of what my mission was with the business, in terms of helping women to help their confidence and, and all of that. She's and sharing with her a little bit about um, what I want to do. Cause I'm, I'm starting to really, all this is starting to click now. And she was like, you know, this jewelry business is cute, but this is not what you need to be doing. Like you've got so much more in you that this is not like, I mean, and I can help you do this, but you've got to figure out, there's some other, there's there's some more stuff in you. And I was kind of scared to do the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of had to push me out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. Um, because it's like, if you really want to help women to build their confidence, then how, what other ways can you do that? What can you do with that? And so that's when Bloom started bloom started blooming basically it started to rise um, well and you
0: were you were in the same sense you were blooming also because you absolutely. cannot help others if you have not helped yourself and learned from the experience so absolutely. you you're blooming as well
1: and I am a, I, like group work is my is one of my hearts like I um have always loved working in groups facilitating groups and watching people grow Through group work and so I had to tap back into that because it was one of those like what is it that you really love to do and that's like facilitating groups I will say is one of my jams like I I love it I I love teaching I love helping people have their aha moments Mm -hmm. um I've I love doing exercises and activities to kind of really um bring lessons to life for Mm -hmm. folks. And so I had to tap back into that. And it's like, that's what I really want to do. And I really want to do that for women and for moms, because we don't get to do that as much.
0: Well, and it sounds like like you're, when, when these women are working with you, it sounds like you are giving them an experience because what I'm starting to find more and more is people, want, especially since COVID, People want experiences more than they want things. Yeah. And everyone wants to be validated. And it sounds like through your Bloom program, you're giving them experiences and you are validating them and letting them know that they are a worthwhile human being and they deserve the very best.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that I really try to get across to people um, to moms is that your value, your worth is not what you do because we all get stuck on, you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm not as, it's a societal thing. I don't, it it comes from so many different areas, but I'm not worth as much as this mom is because either I'm a stay at home mom. And then some people will say that work, you know, moms who work outside of the home are not they compare, everybody's they're, comparing they're, themselves everybody's to somebody else and judging. And it's like, no, your worth is not wrapped up. Your value is not wrapped up in what you do. Your value is worked up wrapped up in who you are. Right. Who you you are valuable because you are here. You are worth something. What you do is is extra. You know, that's and that's fun but why are you doing it? What is your motivation? Mm -hmm. That's what, what do you, what do you value? You know, all of that is a part of your worth and your value. It's not what you do. And it's not even how, how well you do it. That's just, you, you do that. Well, that's a perk. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a perk. Don't take that for granted what you do well. Right. Because that adds that adds value. But your value is always here at the table. Mm -hmm. When You show up, you bring value. You are worthy to be here. Now, how do you want to show up in the world? Right. What impact do you want to have? And then start moving in that direction.
0: And sometimes that is when you you talked about everybody has a superpower. Sometimes I don't think that a lot of women, especially realize they do have superpowers. Mm-hmm. So through Bloom, you are helping them to discover that as well, absolutely, absolutely, because you have to i I start out
1: talking about and the reason why I use the Bloom especially is it's because I love I have a brown thumb, but I love gardening. I love the concept of gardening. I love the idea of something as small as a seed can turn into a mighty oak tree. Right. And, and I want people to realize um, that we, we are all a seed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We all have some type of potential and purpose. And every seed has a purpose. You mm-hmm. might not know if you have a handful of seeds, you're not going to know what each thing is. Until you start to plant it. The seed knows what it is. Right. The seed's purpose never changes, even though you might not understand what it is, but its purpose never changes. So we all have, we're all a seed. And when we start to activate in our purpose, we start to really bloom and to grow, but we got to figure out what that purpose is and move in that. What is our, what's your why? What are you doing this? Mm -hmm. What's motivating you? to to do this to grow what's your purpose and then and, and then and move in that activate that get moving and it can be as simple as one sometimes we have to to vocalize to say it out loud because mm-hmm. i think sometimes we don't it's not necessarily it's two things we don't necessarily know what our superpower is because somebody has
0: squashed. they yuck knowledge. your wow. That's what I say. Don't let other people yuck your wow. Yuck your wow.
1: And you don't believe now that that's a gift or a power because somebody has poo-pooed on you yes. or on it and yes. not understood the value and the worth in that. Mm-hmm. And so now you don't understand and you, you don't think you have anything to give. Right. I used to believe like I, I've, I've been that friend for years who was the one everybody came to. I'm that friend who was the listener for years, but I did not understand the gift or the talent, the skill that, 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 that is,
0: that's a superpower for sure.
1: Power in that. And I didn't understand that. I didn't, no one ever had ever identified that for me as a superpower. It's just something that I did naturally. Right. So of course, as I'm going through life, you know, young adult, I'm not really realizing that that's where my power, that's my, one of my greatest powers.
2: Mm-hmm. It's one of my
1: greatest gifts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it wasn't until I realized, when it, and, and I guess kind of, that's how I, I went into to counseling because I started to accept that as a gift and I wanted to know how to train that gift, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, no, I had never, it was just something that I did, but I didn't know that it was a gift. Right. And so, and sometimes we have stuff and we do stuff, but we don't know that it's a gift. And I and it's important to really speak, especially to our young people, but to to just to speak in general, speak life into people, because you never know what somebody is going through and what they're dealing with.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so, uh, my mom was a complimenter, and I didn't understand it when I was young, but she would just compliment strangers sometimes. Mm-hmm. She would just tell them, "Oh, that's a pretty. Oh, you look nice in that." or um will joke make a joke or but she would compliment them and tell them how well they did and I asked her about that one time and she said well sometimes people just need to know they did something right
0: yes
2: okay okay
0: because you yeah. y- y- you, you know, uh, just this morning I was talking to a, a future podcast guest and one of the things that she had brought up is that she was in a really dark place because of some medical things that were happening and uh, I don't remember if she was at the grocery store, or she was someplace and this woman said to her, uh, oh my gosh, I love your bracelet and she said, excuse me? and she goes <laughs> that bracelet i absolutely love it where did you get it and she starts talking to her about this bracelet and so i guess when she finishes the conversation she starts noticing that she start she has a smile on her face mm-hmm. she the whole way home she's thinking about how lovely it was that this woman interacted with her over a piece of jewelry she was wearing that she never she pretty much had forgotten about that she was even wearing oh. but because of that woman taking those few minutes to point Mm. out about her bracelet it changed the entire course of her life not just her day but her life and man that that is powerful with going along with what you're saying right now that when you have people in your life or even if there's somebody that you just meet for that moment in time by you looking them in the eyes smiling at them, saying good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or hey, how are you? Even mm-hmm. whatever. Just those simple little things can change somebody's entire life. It so helps people, <laughs> yeah. people feel them. seen. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yes. Yes.
0: And you
1: don't know who needs that. Like I I used to say when I was working in youth development that um because when I started it was the whole at-risk kids thing. Mm-hmm and and it and the at-risk kid looked a certain way came from a certain family um, neighborhood all that so it was a very distinct picture of what an at-risk kid looked like Mm -hmm. and that annoyed me to the depths of my soul because what people weren't forgetting is that all kids are at risk oh yes for different things but there's You could have the most together person on the outside and they can be a hot mess on the inside and mm-hmm. feel like that they are not worthy. Mm-hmm. Just have gone through the most traumatic experience, but you would never know because all you see is the outside until that, that kid or that mom or whomever decides to do something something drastic and then we're saying oh I didn't know yeah and it's really easy because we don't worry about the ones who look like they got it all together
0: you know there was a virtual summit that I was an MC and co-host for this past weekend and one of the presenters she was talking about that same exact thing and she used the example of Kate Spade the famous uh, designer
2: mm-hmm. and
0: from the outside everybody thought this woman has got it together. You know, she's got the money, she's got the mm-hmm. fame, she's got the family, she's got mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And then she committed suicide and yeah. everybody was like, and then after that, people start looking in and all, they missed all the all the clues all and stuff clues. about yeah. that. She really, she needed desperately uh, yeah. for, for that validation and she just never felt like she got it. So yeah. it goes right along with what you're saying from yeah. the outside appearance, you, you know, so you, you just don't know by just taking a few seconds, mm-hmm. few moments with somebody, how, how you can change how their can life. Change.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's just having people know that they're seen from who yes. they are is, is, a, is important. Yeah. And, and no
0: matter and, what age you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So absolutely. So um with with our time that we've got left uh, uh, just real quick so about your Amazon best selling book now it, girl your brand is a big deal anthology yes. how, first of all how did you come up with that title and and what is your book about
1: well the i'm a i have a chapter in the book so Perfect. so, what,
0: I, so
2: what
1: my is- my chapter is chapter 13 and it's, so it's and it's um girl my journey to motherhood birth to brand and it talks ah. about my experience as, um, in motherhood and terminating the first two and then having I'm the boys story. And, and losing myself. Yeah. in that, and how that birth bloom and, and why, um, and how I came up with the, the acronym for bloom, which is build confidence, live with intention, operating your purpose, obtain clarity and direction and move to the next level so that's oh. how we're blooming those are our goals
0: oh that's beautiful yeah. That that is wonderful so because this is about rediscovering your passion and purpose right now at this moment in time yes. what are you passionate about personally and professionally
2: hmm good
1: question um personally i think i am passionate about really um sharing my story more and well I'm also passionate about getting my senior graduated that's that's (laughs) our number one goal right now um (laughs) but and and my husband and I are 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 deciding whether or not we're gonna do a we did a podcast um before and deciding whether or not we're going to do a marriage podcast oh
0: wow um
1: so I think I'm kind of passionate about about that and like starting to really talk more openly and publicly and um, having people to help people change their lives like I I, I've I know at this point my story touches folks in different ways Mm -hmm. and and I love to have that conversation with people about their story
2: sure,
1: um, and really encouraging other others to share their story because we all have a story and there's all, there's a lesson in all of our stories
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and the value of those lessons. And you don't know if you don't share them. That's so right. I think that's a passion really getting people um, to share my story more to, to, um, really help others to share theirs as well and Mm -hmm. to kind of find their, find their themes and their lessons along the way.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess that's
1: personal and professional.
2: Good.
0: And then what would you say right now at this point in time in your life is your purpose personally and professionally?
1: Oh, it all goes back to that senior. Um, (laughs) 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 We just wanted to get this boy graduated. (laughs) Uh, I would say... My purpose really is to continue to walk authentically as Alicia and continue my journey of growth and help others with their journey and their transformation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that includes my family, like getting my son, both my sons, I have a, a senior and a sophomore. So getting them um, ready to launch, you know. Sure. But, launch them into the world with confidence and with love. Um that's kind of where cuz we're almost empty nesters. We're getting closer and closer
0: <laughs> and you're preparing for it. Yes. Like I'm so, excited. So so we touched on this during our our conversation today but so and you kind of alluded to it but I just mm-hmm. want to check what would you say is your superpower? Oh, my superpower
1: definitely is um helping other people find theirs and Mm. by listening to their, not just their words, but their heart Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and asking the questions to kind of help them come full circle with the answers that they need. Cause I think a lot of times we already know what we want to do or how we want to, what we already know what we want, Mm -hmm. but we are, are scared. We've pushed it down so far. Um, because of our fear or not feeling like we're worthy of 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 it that we are enough to do it so all those limiting beliefs that we've we've stacked on top of it
2: Mm -hmm. I
1: like to be able to clear that path so it can come to the front nice
0: excellent so how would you say that you're living your best life or like I like to say your best dash I love that dash thing. Uh, I think I'm living my best dash by going
1: for it. Mm-hmm. It's yes. not easy. It's no. not, it's not glamour, um, but I'm going for it because I know what I bring to the table is good stuff. Like I know how I work with people is transformative. And so
0: mm-hmm. I'm just going for it. Excellent. Excellent. So are there any final thoughts or words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience? I would
1: tell, I would tell you, you guys to stop hiding who you are and go for it. Like really step out on faith into who you are supposed to be. And if you don't know that, then
0: find the help to help you get there. Whoa, oh my gosh, thank you so much, Alicia for being my guest today oh, and you. A, a, I mean you you are you are a ray of sunshine. <laughs> I mean it exudes from you your goodness oh. and your passion and your purpose and it it is a pleasure uh, and and an honor to spend this time with you. Uh, before we sign off, uh, I know there's going to be people that are going to want to reach out to you and talk about how they can bloom with your help. So how can people connect with you? Awesome. You can always
1: find me on Facebook and Instagram at bloom with Alicia. And I do a free masterclass called more than just a mom and uh, you can find that at more than just the mom.live, L-I-V-E. And that we go through the myths and the mistakes that mom makes, and how to kind of reclaim your identity in that.
0: And folks, remember, if you've been a longtime listener here uh, to the podcast, you know that in the description of this episode, are the links that alicia just brought up so as soon as you sign off make sure you go to the description you'll be able to hit one of those links and you'll be able to go directly and connect with alicia because i know many of you you might have questions and comments and all Absolutely. kinds of things you want to talk with her about uh because she is uh, just filled with so much goodness Uh, that I know that that has come through whether you've been watching us on YouTube or one of our podcast channels so uh, with that once again Alicia thank you for this time that you've spent with me it it has been it's gone very quickly I cannot believe how fast (laughs) the time has gone but uh, you are a wonderful human being and it is a pleasure to know you. you oh same here thank you Well, for those of you that are out there listening, remember to subscribe and follow this podcast and invite your family and friends to do so. Uh, I know that it will mean just as much to your family and friends to hear all of these words of wisdom that Alicia has shared with us with her story and all the things that she has come through with her challenges and obstacles. And uh, don't forget, you can check out my website at www.pathwayswithpatty.org. Sign up for a free Zoom chat with me. And you can also get my free pathway to a new beginning roadmap. So until we meet again, continue to live your best dash and know that life's an adventure. And I want you to enjoy the journey because your life matters. Thank you for joining us today and God bless you all.